To some who were confident in their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, the other was a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like these other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of all I get. The tax collector stood off to a distance, and he, wouldn't even, he w- couldn't even look up to heaven. But he beat his breast, and he said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Now, here's Jesus' commentary on this, in case we don't understand who's the better prayer person. I tell you that this man, rather than the Pharisee, went home justified before God, because all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Lord Jesus, do help us hear your voice this morning. May the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts, be acceptable in your sight. May we come to understand that all about us is laid bare before you. Give us the courage to hear your word and amend our lives and honor you by what we hear. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, needless to say, that story was a difficult one to live through, and it was a rash demonstration of two kinds of prayers. The prayers of ordinary Christians cause harm. God hears everybody's prayer. I mean, you couldn't have two more polar opposite statements made. And maybe you would say, which is true, which is false? Well, you go to the Scripture, and Jesus is pretty clear that the prayer that comes from the heart is the one that God hears. So God hears every sincere prayer from our hearts. From, from our hearts. By the way, he hears all our insincere prayers, too. It's just maybe what he does and doesn't do with them, Right? And we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, But for too many of us Christians, we are worried about that our prayers aren't effective. I hear a lot of people say to me, Randy, will you pray for me? When, When I pray, I don't feel like it even gets out of my head. And I keep telling them, no, you're out of your head. If you pray, God hears it. Um, but, but, But for many of us, that's the case. Others of us, think that we pray on occasions. You know, we pray during family altar time. We, we pray during our quiet time. You know, we pray a little bit at church, and that'll do it. So for most modern-day 21st century Christians, the problem isn't whether our prayer is sanctimonious or from the heart. It's that we don't pray at all, right? So clearly, the Scripture calls us to prayer. It calls us to d- discover a life of depth in prayer and communion and communication with God that's sincere and deep and unshakable. And, and I think the gospel in this text, first and foremost, is, folks, we ought to be praying. So actually, there are three kinds of prayer that could be demonstrated in this text today. One's the sanctimonious prayer, one's the prayer from the heart, and one's the prayer that never happens. And the worst prayer is the one that never happens, Okay. So I, it, it just dawned on me to say, I mean, what, what a stupid thing for a pastor to say in front of a bunch of people who have just been praying all morning. But, folks, the key to this text is pray, 
deepen your prayer life, deepen the sincerity of your prayer life. And if you're not praying much at all uh, because you're afraid of sinning in the way the Pharisee did, get over that. Just go ahead and start praying, okay? Um, Another thing I want to look at is this, God, I thank you that I'm not like these other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of everything I have. Okay, this this sanctimonious, self-serving, self-righteous prayer is pretty outrageous, right? And most of us don't pray that way. But most of us have gone through times attitudinally where that's what's in our heart. And so a couple of things here. One is we don't have to worry about trying to impress God with our prayers or come up with the right series of words that somehow gets God to do our bidding. So we don't try to impress God with our prayers. We just pray, okay? Secondly, and this is a big one, um, don't try to BS God. If you don't know what BS means, come and see me afterwards. I can spell it out for you. Um, But don't try and BS God. People do. I hear people try it all the time, particularly famous on TV and radio preachers, which I did my master's thesis on. But um, don't, don't, don't try to BS God in your prayers. And three, don't pray aloud in public in front of anybody unless you're willing to do it from the heart. I have a story about that. A friend of mine was called to leave a church where he was my boss and go to a really famous, uh, well-known TV preacher church. And he did at, for the last 10 years of your, his career to try to help this TV preacher. And they were in staff meeting, and TV preacher was on vacation, and my, my mentor was uh, at the helm for several weeks, and he was having staff meeting. He said, okay, Sunday morning prayer, uh, who wants to do that? And one of the associate pastors, he's just getting every raise his hand, I'll do it. And so my, my friend says, okay. And then looks to the boss and says, so when will you get me the prayer to read? And my friend says, what? He goes, oh, well, we're not allowed to pray our own prayers or anything here. Uh, the pastor's wife always writes them for us and gives us to him, and we're to read them word for word. And my old friend looks and says, so the whole prayer thing, you talk to Jesus, does, you do that still? <laughs> you know, yeah, it was okay. That's what I want you to do Sunday morning. Well, can you, get, can you give me some themes or something so I can write it down? And he goes, if you write it down, I'll fire you. Get up and pray. If you're, if you're praying in public out loud in front of people and you're not doing it from the heart, just don't do it, okay? And then another one is if you find yourself judging prayers in a group, it's a, it's a sign that you need a little work in your spirit, and we've probably all done that. You know, have you ever been sitting in a group and people are praying, you go, well, that's kind of a goopy prayer. I could pray better than that. If you haven't, you have, haven't you? See, you're laughing. Hey, okay, that, that's one center, two center, three center, four. I, I, I can find you here. I'll, I'll find you, okay? But the fact is, we, we have a tendency to do that. So we're supposed to live in love toward God and each other, and we can't get past judging how good the prayer is of the other person that's praying. You know, or there's just so much of this. And, and so if we catch ourselves doing that, and you catch yourself doing it, don't self-condemn yourself, but go to work on your spirit. 
that gave you some material for your prayer right there. Lord, help me be healed from this attitude. And the other thing I'd say is never write off anybody else's prayer because God hears every prayer that comes from the heart and deals with it. Um, I remember um, there was an artist named, I think it was Moby, and uh, he had this song where he had recorded a guy, he, he lays down beats kind of a guy, and he had recorded a guy that was singing with a bucket and his hands. Nancy, I upgraded Nancy from a bucket to the actual djembe, but, but he was playing on a bucket and singing, Jesus ain't ever failed me yet. Old African-American guy was probably homeless, Jesus ain't never failed me yet, and just kept repeating it. And Moby took that and turned it into a, a song, and that track was running in the back the whole way. And, and the song was very powerful, and you could hear the sincerity in the words of the guy in the background. That's what sold the song, Jesus ain't failed me yet. So never, never, never write off anyone else's prayer, even if it's somebody that you don't think is Christian or isn't as holy as you. Because if you think somebody's less holy than you, then they probably are more holy than you. Um, and then the prayer of the heart is a real prayer. The tax collector stood at a distance. He wouldn't look up to heaven. So he didn't, he didn't draw near to God or the temple. He wouldn't look upward to offer his prayer. He's beating himself on the chest, self-flagellation. And he's saying, have mercy on me, a sinner. He doesn't, doesn't even have anything specific. He has nothing to commend himself, like fasting or giving a tenth or anything. And he has nothing to ask for except for God's tender mercy on his life because he's a mess. And Jesus says, God hears that one and answers. So a couple of things I'd say is prayer is a wonderful gift of being able to to disclose ourselves safely to God. And if it, it, risk that depth. Disclose yourself. Disclose your deepest fears, angers, hatred, resentment, bitterness, whatever it is. God can handle all that, and God can process it, and God can heal it. So sometimes what we try to do is we're beasts around everybody else, then we pray and we try to act like to God that we've got it all together. I think we ought to be tender and nice with the people around us and then get real with God. And in that getting real with God, he hears the prayers of when we disclose ourselves and confess our weaknesses and own our struggles. And actually, that's the first step toward healing on those things. Because keeping secrets makes us sick. Getting secrets off our chest helps us get well. And the first and best place to let go of your secrets is with God. And then he helps us find caring people around us we can talk with and open up. And form prayers, some people say that praying in a form is goofy. I don't think so. I Sometimes when I'm in a jam, I do, Lord Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner, just like this guy, because I haven't got anything else to say. Or I repeat the Lord's Prayer, or I repeat the 23rd Psalm. Those are prayers that are written for us, and they're sincere from the heart prayers that have been passed along for thousands of years for us to use. So when I can't think, or my spirit's in a bind, and I don't even know what I'm feeling, those prayers carry the content of my heart to heaven and is a beginning then to crack open what's hurt, what's festering, and move me 
and move any of us toward heal, healing. And primal prayers are, are really good. My friend Doug Burley, we'd be at Young Life camps, and we, we had a camp one time where we had a bunch of kids from prison, and I had two cabins full of 10 kids, each as big as me, that were um, from youth detention centers. And I was to live between these two cabins and rein these two kids in at Young Woodleaf Wood Camp that Young Life has in the Sacramento Mountains. And it's just like red clay dirt. If you ever go to Woodleaf, you'll have mementos of Woodleaf for the next 50 years because the red dirt never washes out anything. And, and all kinds of woods to run into. It's old 49er minor country. And we had a couple of disastrous weeks there. And Doug Burley t- one time jokingly says, I think we, we just need to pray and we need to make the prayer really real and maybe I'll start us. And he bows his head and he goes, help! <laughs> help! You know? And there's this long pause in the room and, and one of the women that I know, Pam Potter then, said, yeah, that God, you know? <laughs> and... and instead of amen to that prayer or whatever. And it was, it was one of those things, we didn't even know how to pray for these kids, you know? Um, and so those prayers work. Now let me tell you about a formula prayer that doesn't work. Trying to work God to get his will to be your will. See, he works on us in prayer to make his will our will. If you're praying to make God's, your will God's will, you're going to find that a struggle, and and probably not successful. And I've heard people say, especially on radio and TV, you've got to hold God to his promises. Has anybody heard that? Has anybody ever heard that before or been taught that, hold God to his promises? Come on. I've heard this millions of times growing up. You've got to pray and hold God to his promises. I've been around Pentecostalism, and I love Pentecostalism, but that, that came up a lot. I hope you know how presumptuous that is and how much that probably isn't going to work. Because God can do whatever the heck he wants to do because he's God. God is God, and uh, we're not. And so the, the thing is, those kinds of prayers don't work. So if you've ever been taught things that if you say this prayer over and over enough, you'll get what you want, or you're holding God to his promises, just drop that stuff. That's spiritual baloney. Just get real with God. Share with him what's in his heart and tell them, this is where I am. Lord, you can do whatever you want with it. And you never know how that might turn out or what that might turn into or where that might lead you or direct you. And um, heart prayers often are marked by an expression of emptiness, spiritual or moral bankruptcy, need, and failure. You'll notice that. Those, Those prayers are our most sincere prayers. The things that we'd like to hide from God and hide from other people are the things that are most from the heart. And if we pray at that level, everything else sort of falls into place. So I'm kind of trying to urge us to move into a much more dialogical and deep relationship with God at, the, at our innermost person, to move away from pat or formulaic prayers and certainly move away from any kind of praying that tries to establish you as a spiritual authority, um, because we aren't. You know, they, they, uh, one, of my, one of the biggest downers I ever have is being told you're not like a pastor. So I was, 
I was in I was in Scotland, the home of the Presbyterian Church, and I was touring with some people. And I went to this guy who I had married him and an American girl, met his mother and his grandmother, and she she looks to me and she says, "I can't believe I I can't do a Scottish accent, so I won't." I can't believe you're a pastor. You don't. I had a ponytail. You don't look like one. You don't act like one. How can you possibly be a pastor? And I said, I'm sorry, but that's just who I am. And she goes, no, I think it's wonderful. If there were pastors like you here, I'd go to church. <laughs> Everybody here seems to have it all together. And I said, I don't have anything together. Come to my church, you know. Um, so anyway, um, I just want to urge you to discover that the power of your prayer lies in the sincerity of your heart and allowing that to come out and sharing it with God. Knowing ahead of time that God already knows what is in there. So you can't BS him. And be real and work it through. And there's also time to share our joy, our gratitude in prayer, and all of those things. So the more honest prayer is, the more all, all the other things, gratitude, grace flow in, the more our desire for God to fill us toward, with love toward somebody we're struggling with. And obviously our prayer goes in that direction and deepens. But I want to urge that. And I want to remind you, if you don't think you're much of a prayer person, God hears every single prayer. Like the one we're going to pray right now as we come to the table. So come to the table this morning with your heart laid bare, with a thirsty spirit, a hungry soul, and a desire to be filled with grace. Let's pray.